Y'all, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Look at somebody right next. Thank you, Kyle. I love you, man. Can y'all give it up for Kyle? That's a man of God right there. Just brought me water. I'm sitting on the front coughing and all that good stuff. Can you do me a favor, fam? Look at the person next to you and just say, it's who you know. And now I want you to look at them. And I want you to tell them who they know. Just say this. Just say this. You know Jesus. Look at the person on the other side. Say, you know Jesus too. You do. You know Jesus too. You know Jesus too. All right. Before we get going, fam, I'm going to take a quick sip of water. How y'all been this week? Oh, y'all ready? Y'all came in here ready to worship. I feel like a lot of y'all turned in to five-seat worshipers in a matter of a week. Y'all are five-seat worshipers. Some of y'all jumping. I was afraid to jump because I didn't want nobody jumping into me. It just got crazy, and it was awesome. Y'all are amazing. So do me a quick favor. Look at the person next to you. Say, you're amazing. Look at the person on the other side. Say, you're amazing, too. You are amazing. You are amazing. All right, so we have been on a journey through the book of Daniel, y'all. And before we get into God's word, this has been my first time at Hume SoCal. And, um, and it's just been met with so much hospitality, um, so much love, so much grace, and, um, and this being the last week of the camp season, I have experienced camps where, you know, sometimes you know it's the last week and you could just feel it from people. And I just want to say, Hume SoCal staff, thank you. Can we give it up for the staff? For real. Annalisa, Kyle. Z in the kitchen, Amanda's in the kitchen, and I, that's, I, I forgot everybody else's name. I'm sorry. I was trying. I tried. But if I forgot your name, Jonah, hallelujah, all the leaders, the rec guys, like Jack here, Michael up here, they, they, they on the ones and the twos or the screens, all that. We just want to say thank you for your yes to Jesus. You all set up an amazing environment for us to come up here and encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you do it with excellence. You do it so well, and we as a family, because we family now. Y'all been goofy with me. I've been goofy with y'all. We family. Amen? Amen. So as a family, we just want to say thank you again. Can y'all give it up for the Hume SoCal staff, every single one of them, every single one of them. Every single one of y'all that made a shake, come on, y'all better give it up for the shake and snack, because I saw some of y'all, I saw some of y'all at the snack bar. Y'all crazy at the snack bar. Mm-hmm. I saw your faces. I was like, ooh, they crazy. Pray for them now. Some of, some of y'all walking in before they actually opened and was like, give it to me, give it to me, give it. They like, no, get out. I was like, ooh, it was spicy. It was spicy. So y'all know y'all could be crazy. And they did an amazing job of serving us so well. So we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Youth pastors, youth leaders, 
um, stand by. I have something uh, special that I want to just um, do with you in just a few moments. But as we get into God's word, we can we do we can we do can can we get a holiday glory one more? Can, can, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know if we gonna do it, we gotta do it right, y'all. All right, this side. This side, this side, this side, this side, this side, this side. Okay, here we go. DJ Pastor D on the ones and the twos. Here we go. Hey, hey, go. Winded, I'm gonna be honest, y'all. Woo, brother, it's winded. Hallelujah, glory. Hey, hey, you all, hey, you all have been an absolute gift. It's been an honor serving you in the capacity that I've been able to serve you this week. Every high, every wave, every chest bump, every fist pound, every hug, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for your words of encouragement, I'm thankful for your hearts. I'm thankful for your yes to Jesus because those of you that have said yes to Jesus, here's what I know. God is going to use you in a great way. God is going to use your life. And it doesn't matter if you feel qualified. It doesn't matter if you feel like the most talented person in the room because you are a child of the creator and you are created in his image. So you all have a great call and a purpose on your life. And it has been an honor and a privilege to serve you in just the little bit that I've been able to serve you. So we are going to get into the word of God. Are you ready? All right, go to Daniel chapter 9. Oh, y'all ready? Y'all ain't been this hype all week. Daniel chapter 9. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey. All week. Hallelujah, glory. Y'all are ready. All week, we've been on this journey. All week, we've been on this journey. And it's been this journey of how do you and I, as followers of Jesus, how do we have a resilient faith in a world that isn't just different from the world that we're called to be a part of in the kingdom of heaven? But it's absolutely hostile to our faith. I, I, love, I love what we the journey we've been on because we had the opportunity to be honest with God. We've had the opportunity to be honest about our relationship with God. And what we realized is not only is the world out there hostile to God, but the world in here. Is hostile to God. Ooh, 
And that right there is sometimes a a tough pill to swallow because we like to think that we're more good or gooder. (laughs) That's not a word. But we like to think we are way better than we really are. But the reality is that we need a Savior. And I love last night we had the opportunity to see that our Savior is constantly pursuing us. He's constantly going after us no matter how many times we turn our back on him. That's what this book is all about. It's about us getting to know a God who consistently, lovingly, powerfully pursues his people. This is a God who is worth standing up for. This is a God who is worth taking a stand in a hostile environment for. This God, this God, this God. And this is what Daniel knew. This is what Daniel knew. And we know a little bit of that now. And now we have the opportunity tonight as we get ready to go down the hill. We're going to walk this thing out. We're going to walk this thing out, and I I want us to look at a prayer of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, we're going to be looking at, starting at verse 4, and here's what's so interesting about where Daniel is as he's reading or as he's writing this prayer or saying this prayer. He's still in captivity. He's still in a world that is hostile to his God. But but his God has been so faithful and moved him up and had so much influence, given him so much influence in and throughout all of this foreign land. And I just love this prayer. And we're just going to take a look at this prayer. This is where Daniel is praying. It says this, verse 4, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. So Daniel, first, don't miss this, Daniel, the the one we have been looking at, the one that we've been like, we're going to get our Daniel on, let's go. He confesses. He confesses. He confesses sin as well. It says this, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Verse 5, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous. But this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. Because of our unfaithfulness to you. Why were they in the situation they were in? Because of their unfaithfulness to their God. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord, our God, is merciful and forgiving. Even though we have rebelled against him, we have not obeyed the Lord, our God, or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. 
Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Verse 13, just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord or our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Can we just pause right there? And I just want us to take a few moments because we, we need to celebrate a room full of students who said yes for the first time or yes again to Jesus, turning away from our sins and saying yes to Jesus. So can we give it up for those of us that said yes to the Lord last night? Maybe you did it this morning. Maybe you're going to do it a little bit later. We are giving God praise for that. Now back to the word. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Verse 15, now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt. See, he's remembering what God has done. Now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day. We have sinned. We have done wrong. Verse 16, Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the inequities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem. Jerusalem and your people, an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant for your sake, Lord. Look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great Mercy, pause right there. If you write in your Bible, underline that, circle that, highlight that. Daniel said, we do not make requests because of our righteousness. We make requests because you are merciful. Hallelujah to the word of God. Verse 19, Lord, listen, Lord, forgive, Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people Bear your name. Your city and your people bear your name. Lord, thank you for this night. We ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would continue to speak, that you would continue to have your way, that you would continue to bolster our confidence in you, that we would be Devil butt-kicking machines, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. If you believe it, let me hear you say amen. 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 So what does it take for you to go down this mountain and be resilient in your faith even though you know 
You are going back to an environment that's hostile. Oh, sure, some of us are going back to Christian homes, and we get to blast into our doors with the good news of, hey, ma, hey, dad, how you doing? What's cracking? You know Jesus? Guess what? I know Jesus, too. It's my faith now, not just yours. What? We get to do that, and I encourage you to do that. I do. Your parents are going to be like, whoa. Hallelujah. They will. There's nothing like a parent receiving the news that their son or daughter has taken ownership of their relationship with Jesus. Being a parent myself, it, it, it brings tears to my eyes to know when my children, that my children have said yes to Jesus. Are they perfect? Mm. <laughs> Y'all think they are. No, they are not. But they love Jesus. And, they, and it's, it's awesome to see them wrestling with their faith and also wrestling with the world that they find themselves in when they're at school. It's awesome to see them look through and seeing their schools and seeing their worlds through the worldview of the Bible, of a God who created them on purpose, for purpose. So what does it take? As we look at Daniel's life, I think when we go all the way back to Daniel chapter 1, it said at the beginning when he was first taken into captivity, and captivity is where you are forced to live in a place that is not your home, and we determined that this place is not our home. So us as Christians, as believers, the Bible tells us that we aren't at home here on earth. Heaven is our home. And what do we see Daniel do at the beginning? He resolves. He resolves. And as you all get ready to go home, I want to give you, I just want to give you a few things. I want you to resolve to remember and resolve to be rooted or connected. Resolve to remember. Resolve to remember. What does resolve even mean? If I can give you an idea of what resolve means, it's that, it's that moment when you put your foot down and you stand your ground. It's that moment when you say, mm-mm, this is my iPhone. Nobody looks at it. It's mine, right? <laughs> that moment, amen. That's resolve. When you, when, when, when you don't want to share what is yours with your younger sibling, that's you resolve that this is my room, you will stay out of my room, or there will be some things that you have to pay if you come into my room. You resolve. You stand strong. You stand firm. You say, this is the way. This is the way. This is how it's going to be. And I want to encourage you to resolve to remember. Resolve to remember. The first thing I want you to remember, and let me just give you all three of these. I want you to resolve to remember that this world is not your home. I want you to resolve to remember that you are not alone, and I want you to resolve to remember that your God is good. So I want you to take a stand and know that this world is not your home. This world is not our home, and we talked about how comfortable it can be, but family, I want to encourage you. This world is not our home, so I need you to continue to expect 
a fight. Expect a fight. And I'm not saying go in and be like, hey, don't be talking about my Jesus. That's my Jesus. I used to think I had to do that for the Lord. When somebody would say, like, things about the Lord that I know, okay, that's Cap. That is not my Lord, okay? That is not Jesus. Like, like when people would say things, I would be like, because I'm skinny, so I'd be kind of scared, but I'd be like, maybe the Holy Spirit is with me if I fight this person in Jesus' name. No! That's not it! You and I have to be ready and prepared for opposition to come our way. Because this place is not our home. Oh, I remember, family, when, um, when the Lord really captured my heart. Um, and and, and it, was, it, was, it was really when I was a young adult. I was in my early, going into my early 20s, and, and um, my house burned down. So all kinds of things was happening in my life, and the Lord miraculously showed up. And here's what happened. I had an encounter with Jesus. And I told you guys at the beginning of the week, I think, uh, my parents split up at a young age. And so the person in my life that was the manly, dadly figure in my life was my older brother, my big bro. I wanted to be like my big bro. He wore, I, he, he, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan today. Shh, no judgment, okay? Hey, chest bump, chest bump, my guy, my guy, my guy. Okay, I'm sorry, I get excited about the Cowboys. Pray for me. So... I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan because my brother liked the star. He liked Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith. And I was just like, ooh, you like them? I like them too. To this day, I'm diehard. I wanted to wear his clothes, and his clothes were always big, baggy. That was my brother. That was my bro. He was the father figure in my life. He's the one that picked me up. He's the one that took care of me. He's the one that showed me how to play basketball, which didn't work out well for us a few days ago. My bad, y'all. But... My brother. And so when I committed my life to Jesus, not just you died for me, you're my savior, but now you're my Lord. And what does that mean? I want to live my life for the Lord. I, wanna, I want my decision-making to go through you, Jesus. I want to pray about decisions. I just don't want to make decisions based off my feelings. I want to make decisions based off your word, based off your will, based off your way, based off your time. This is what I was desiring, and I was excited about it. So you know who I call? My brother. My big bro. I remember being on the phone with this guy. I was like, hey, bro. Look, dude, uh, I love Jesus like he's wild, like he's so good. I love him. He's so good. I, I just had an encounter with him, and I just got to tell you, dude, he's amazing. He's so faithful. He's good. He loves me. Dude, he loves me. Do you know what I was just doing? I was doing stupid stuff, but he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And I'm thinking my brother's going to be like, what? That's time. I want to tell me about him. I want to know him too. Hey. My brother was like, oh, so you different now. <sighs> Took the winds out of my sails. This is my big brother. And he, and he said, oh, so you're different now. And I just started telling him, I was like, no, nah, bro, I just, I just don't want to smoke. I don't want to drink. I don't want to do all kinds of stuff outside of marriage. I don't want to do any of that. I want to live for the Lord. That's, that's it. I'm still funny Damien. I'm still your little brother. Hey, it's me. He's like, oh, so you're different now. I can't laugh with you anymore. 
I can't talk to you anymore. I went and told him all of that so he would celebrate with me. This is the father figure in my life. And he destroyed my joy. We have to fight. We have to fight because the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, you're going to go back to rooms. You're going to go back to spaces. You're going to go back online. You're going to go back to these different places, and they are not going to celebrate much of what God has done up here. Or they'll say, mm, that's good for you. I hate when people say that to me. Good for you. Is that, what do you mean by that? Are you sarcastic? Like, good for you. Good for you. I, I, it just gets on my nerves when people say that. My wife sometimes says it to me. Uh, baby, I just did this. Good for you. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. She does not. She's a good woman. She's, that's my baby. She got my back. But we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to fight. And I want you to remember that this place isn't your home. So sometimes the people that you expect to support your faith won't be there to support your faith. And sometimes it happens so that you can get to. See, remember we talked about don't get caught up in the why, but get caught up in the who. And I was like, why is my brother acting like this? He, I wanted my hope and my peace to be in my brother's acceptance of me. But I got to know a God who met me in that space, and he is the one who is faithful. He is the one whose joy gives you and I strength. So in those moments of disappointment, I want to encourage you, feel the disappointment, but invite the Lord into that space. Amen? Amen. This place is not your home, so fight. Fight to love people. Fight to love people. You do not know what the person next to you is going through. You do not know what it took for them to get up this hill. You do not know. You do not know what that person that is acting out in your classroom, you don't know what they've gone through. So the difference, the way they know we are, see, I love the Bible because the Bible tells us they won't, they don't know that you've been with Jesus by how much Bible you know, by how perfect your life looks. They, the Bible says they will know that you've been with Jesus by the way you know, love, by the way you love. By the way you love. So fight to love. Because that's how we act from the kingdom that we're from. We fight to love. And I love the video because even in the video, she, you know, she was Dor Daria, Darlene, not Delisha, Darlene. Darlene, like she, you see the people acting crazy towards her, and she just loves. It doesn't mean you let people walk all over you, but it means that there are moments where you can let people see Jesus inside of you when you act different. This world is not our home. Remember, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not 
alone. Remember we talked about the people around you matter. One of the unique things about camp is you are surrounded by people that are going after Jesus too. That Ain't it easy to come in here and just start worshiping? You, you could be tired, you sleepy, you probably won't be as tired as you are this week. But you are tired and you came in here and you're like, he called my name and I ran out of that grave, right? Yeah, you ran. Look at you. We just woke up 10 people just now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Look at this is why the people you surround yourself with matter. This is why. This is why you need friends that will support you in your faith. You need friends that will encourage you in the Lord. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they had each other. When Daniel had an opportunity to interpret the dream, who did he run to? He ran to his boys. And who did they run to? They ran to their God. Oh, remember, you're not alone. You're not alone. And I, I just, I, I, I can't, this is my favorite not alone thing and I just want to share it with you. I want to, I want to, I want to just give you, give, you, give you this. John 14, I want, to care, I want to encourage you in God's, in the words of Jesus. John 14, 1, Jesus says this. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Because Jesus has started talking to his best friends, closest friends, his disciples, about the fact that he is going to be leaving them, about the fact that he is going to be um, dying and rising again. They didn't get it at the time, but he's starting to say this, and they're sad, and they're discouraged because all of their hope rested on Christ. And Jesus, I love, oh, thank you for you, Jesus. He says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough rooms in my father's home. If, there, if this were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. My Father that lives in me does his work through me, or at least believe because of the works you have seen. Now, this is the bananas part. Verse 12, all of that is bananas, but this is the bananas bananas right here. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Verse 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 16, 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. You are not alone. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Another. Say another. Another. Say another. Say another one. Say another one. One more time. Say another one. Okay, now let me just give you this real quick. Here's what Jesus says. Here's what Jesus says about you not being alone. When he says another, there are two Greek words for another. One is heteros and one is allos. Allos means this, or heteros means this. Heteros is another but different. Another but different. So here's what that means. When Jesus says another, there's a heteros, another but different. So that means I need another Bible. I need another Bible. So any Bible in this room will do. Any Bible will do. You can just give me any Bible. Any Bible will do. You don't have to bring it up. Hold on to it. You can give any Bible will do. I just need another Bible. See, Jesus, when he said another, he didn't say heteros. He didn't use the word heteros. He used the word allos. And the word allos, that another means another, but of the same kind. What does that mean? That means I need another Bible, but that Bible has to be exactly like this Bible in my hand. That Bible has to have the exact same notes that this Bible has in it, the exact same highlights. It can't be different in any way, shape, or form. And what Jesus says right here, he says the Father, when I leave, the Father is going to send another one who is exactly like me, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is exactly like Jesus, and he says he will be with you and never leave you. You are not alone. You are not alone. The Spirit of God lives inside of you, and there is no junior Holy Spirit, meaning, oh, Damien has a full-grown Holy Spirit because he talks in front of people. No, 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 no. The same Holy Spirit inside of me is the exact same Holy Spirit inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is called our comforter, our help, our advocate, the one who fights for us, the, the presenter of all truth. You are not alone. You have the people around you, and you have the Spirit of God inside of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. And remember, your God is good. And if you have a hard time remembering, just DM me. I got you. I'll come wherever you are, and I will smack you with God good. No, I won't. I won't, no, I'm not, no, that is counter gospel, okay? That does not help anyone if I'm smacking people with God's goodness, literally. <laughs> My encouragement to you, family, as you go down the hill is to remember the goodness of your God. Remember that he's good, amen? 
remember that he's good. And remember that, 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 that even when bad things happen, your God is still good. And here's what's awesome. When bad things happen, God is so good. And we have the opportunity to see our good God turn all things, work all things for the good. And it says in Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So you may not know why it's good, and that's okay. And can I, oh, can I encourage you in this? Just because you don't understand, don't let that cause you to stop having faith. Amen. amen. Y'all are really ready to, y'all, because look, Monday wasn't nobody amening. Monday wasn't nobody amen. Y'all was mean mugging. Mm-hmm. Y'all was looking at me like, mm-hmm. do something, preacher man. I saw them faces. Now I'm hearing amens. Let's go. Get that. Hold on to that. Don't just let it be hype. Don't just let it be hype. Just because you don't understand why, don't let it stop you from having faith in your God. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. So resolve to remember that this is not your world. Resolve to remember you are not alone. Resolve to remember your God is good. Resolve to be rooted. And let me give you these three. Resolve to be rooted. Resolve to be rooted. Stay rooted in God's word. Stay rooted in God's word. Stay rooted in God's goodness. And stay rooted in God's people. Stay rooted in God's word. I want to make it super practical. God's word is the way we get to know God. That's how we get to know God. And if you have little word, it makes a whole lot of sense that you have a little itty bitty bit of faith. The more word you have and the more time you spend in the word, the more time you're spending to get to know the God that we're talking about this weekend. I mean, look at what happened this weekend. You went to bed thinking about Jesus, woke up thinking about Jesus. You played games that involved Jesus. Well, somebody did the connection. Y'all heard the, pre, you, y'all heard the, the, the wreck connection. I mean, the, every detail that has been thought out at this camp is to simply place your hand into the hand of Jesus. Every, everything. You're going to go back home to a place that isn't set up that way. It's not set up that way. That's why you and I, we have to resolve to stay rooted in God's word because that's how I know him. Because Daniel, he stayed in captivity, y'all. But the vision of his God never changed. Who his God was never changed. It wasn't based on his his situation and his circumstances. John 15, 5 says this, I am the true vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Stay rooted in God's word. It's how we get to know him. Here's Here's what's cool. In 
a camp this size, I do not have the opportunity to get to know everybody's name. But I try. I try. And the blessing when I say somebody's name or <laughs> the blessing when somebody says my name, it's so cool because you know me. You see me. Jim, he hugged me multiple times this week. It blessed me. It blessed me so much. Like, like, like just the opportunity to get to know him. Summer shared her testimony with me and my wife. Just these opportunities to get to know people, it, 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 it makes them bigger in your life. This is how we get to know our God. Oh, I know you don't like to read. I struggle with it too. Listen to it. Listen to some T. Swift and then listen to some 1 John. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Be a Swifty and then be a Johnny, okay? It's the last night. I'm acting a fool. Okay, stay rooted. Stay rooted in God's word. Stay rooted in God's goodness. So remember your God is good. Stay rooted in his goodness. Remember this point from a few nights ago. Fear God, not friends. How do you stay rooted in the goodness of God? Fear God, not friends. Or, or okay, I don't, I don't like to be super unrealistic. I don't, I, I, I don't like to be unrealistic. Fear God more then you fear friends. That just means put God first. I don't, th- I don't expect it to be this absolute thing where, all right, I, have n- I care nothing about what my friends say anymore. I'm good. <laughs> they don't want any. I'm a child of God. I could care less what they say. That's not true. But what can be true is I care a little bit more about what my God says about me than what my friends say about me. I care a little bit more about what my God says about me than what social media says, what what my Instagram following says, what my friend circles say. And what I'm going to do is maybe I'm going to get to know God and I'm going to speak his word into my friend circle and watch my friends begin to change. You see, I didn't tell you what happened with my brother now because now I'm older, my brother's older, my brother has come to see me preach on multiple occasions. And he said, Damien, God has blessed you. You are gifted. You are my hero. My older brother said that to me. When he first said that to me, I just wept. Why? Because it's what God has done. I went from crying on the phone because my brother didn't support me. Now my brother and my dad that left at a young age called me for prayer. Don't tell me God can't do it. Don't tell me. He can work all things for the good, y'all. He can work all things for the good because he's a good God, and he has a good plan, and he has a good purpose for our lives. So how do we stay rooted in God's goodness? Let his word carry more weight in your life. And then the last thing, and I'm going to end right here, stay rooted in God's people. And Stay rooted in God's people. 
And at this moment, what I would love to do is I would love every youth pastor, every youth leader, in whatever capacity you serve these students, will you do me a favor and just stand up right where you are, please? Stand up right where you are. Now, students, hold on. Students, hold on. Hold on. Stay with me. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, hey, I didn't introduce you guys to this. There's a, I have another saying that I like to say. It's called serious business. And when I say serious business, it just means I just would love for everybody to lock in, focus as best you can, meaning that like serious business right now. So don't be distracted to the left or to the right. Serious business. Here's what I want you to do, students. I want you to look at every single one of these people standing up. They love Jesus. And here's what they will not tell you. They will not tell you how they put their life on pause to come up here. They will not tell you how they took vacation or maybe some of them aren't even getting paid because they took a leave from their job to come up here. They won't tell you how they put their family on pause to come up here. They would never tell you that. They won't tell you that the issues that they struggle with because the reason why they stand with you right now is because they know they need Jesus too. They know where their help comes from. So they've said yes to putting your hands in the hand of the Father where their hand is. They won't tell you that the call they took from you in the middle of the night didn't put on pause the depression that they may have been struggling with that night. They won't tell you that. They won't tell you that they had to preach on a Sunday when they just got done going through something just before they got out of their car and they still had to preach that God is good when everything inside of them said, oh, maybe not. Yet, I get the opportunity to stand on a stage and speak for a few days. But these are the leaders that said yes to stepping into your life, to stepping into your mess, even though they have their own. Oh, they've seen some things, they've been through some things, and they still are going through some things. But what they know is that their God is faithful. Amen. So, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for your leaders. We're going to pray for them because they said yes to the Lord. And I, I, I've been in all of the seats and Every single one of you, I just say thank you because you are an example of showing up and just letting God do what only he can do. And I just want to tell you, he sees you, sir. And he loves you, sir. And you are, you are filled with his spirit. You are filled with his spirit. And you are whole and complete in him and you lack nothing. I just speak that over you, leaders. I speak that over you. 
where you feel like you don't understand, where you feel like you lack vision, where you feel like you don't know what's next, I just want to speak to you. Your God is faithful to complete the work that he started in every single one of you. And thank you. Thank you for faithfully serving these knuckleheads. So we're going to pray for your leaders. We're going to pray for your leaders, and this is how we're going to end the night. Um, I I don't know how to do this the best, but what I would like to do is, um, can I invite you guys up? Leaders, would you mind coming up to the front? I know some of it, this is not where y'all like to be, I understand, but just come, please. Just let's go right across here. I know, I know, this is not what you do. This is not what you do. I know. This is not what you were expecting. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. Kiddos. Kiddos. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to stretch your hands towards your leaders. And we're just going to pray for them. Hallelujah, Lord. God, we say thank you. Thank you so much for these men and women that have said yes to you, Lord. Thank you for who you have created and called them to be. Thank you, Father, that even in the midst of fears and doubts and uncertainty, they have said yes to you. Lord, will you, will you be their strength where they need it right now in the mighty name of Jesus? Lord, will you be their constant encourager right now where they need it right now in the mighty name of Jesus? Lord, where they are weak, will you be their strength? Lord, will you give them confidence and courage, not in the plan, not in the system, but in the creator, in you? God, will you, will you write on their hearts that it doesn't matter how young they look or how old they are, that you have called them for such a time as this, and that because you have called them, you will equip them where they need to be equipped. So God, give them confidence in your equipping right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, will you give them courageous faith to know that in a world that is ever-changing, that they are filled with the spirit of the living God who is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So because they have you, they are equipped for anything that comes their way. Give them confidence in it, Lord, right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, where they struggle, Will you just let them know that you see them, that you know them, and that you love them. They aren't disqualified because you've qualified them the way you see them. Oh, God, I just pray for that in every single person here. Will you bless their families, Lord? 
Will you bless their marriages, Lord? Will you bless their children, Lord? In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that this would be a season of just seeing you move in and through their lives. And then, God, will you have some of these students love their leaders well? Will you continue to send a kid to just say thank you? Thank you for that time you prayed for me six months ago that I forgot about. And, uh, and God, will you let them know that they haven't failed? Because sometimes we feel like that. Sometimes we feel so unqualified, God. So, sometimes we feel so disqualified, right? Like we don't know. So as a family, we ask, Lord, that will you just, um, will you continue to show them that you love them and that you like them, that you like them, that you like them, Lord, and that they are equipped for every good work that you have prepared for them to do. We love you so much, and we thank you for who you are in their lives. Bless them, strengthen them. Do what only you can do in them and through them. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Students, if you are thankful for your leaders and your pastors, let me hear you say amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you. you, brother. Thank you, Thank you, so, you much. so much. Love you, man. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Hey. Love on your leaders. It's been an honor and a privilege to serve you, Hume SoCal. God bless you. Have a safe trip home. Resolve to go after Jesus. Amen? Hey, love on your leaders. Check out this video. Sin separates us from God, and, and we, we realize that in order to be resilient in our faith in a hostile environment, in a hostile world, we have to know that we all sin, and sin separates us from God. And with many others, I was able to renew my faith in Him and to say that I want to live a life through Him.
in the seat of suffering for you and I to teach us that there is a God who sees you, who knows you, who loves you, and who does not turn his back on you, but he pursues you, and he pursues you, and he pursues you, and he pursues you, and he sends his son as the ultimate gesture of that pursuit. night in that worship service I stayed there for a good like 30 minutes afterwards you know just like talking with God and being with him you know it was a really cool reminder of how great he is this is the gospel at play this is the gospel at play this is the gospel at play Wow, you guys, what an amazing week of camp it was. Am I right? So good. Can we just give it up for Damien one more time and say thank you to him? Yes. Yes, I hope you guys are just so encouraged by the truth that he brought to you guys this week as we walked through this story of Daniel. And as we're concluding this week, we hope that you remember all the fun times that you had at camp. We hope you remember Kajabi Can Can. We hope you remember spending time with your friends in cabin discussions. We hope you remember winning recreation, half pipe hippos. Well done. You guys can grab your champ tees right after this. We hope you guys remember worshiping with Heritage. We hope that you remember just an amazing week of camp. But most importantly, we hope you remember what you learned about God. And just like Damien said, we hope that you resolve to remember these truths that you learned this week. And when we say resolved, it means to be firmly decided, to be firmly decided in the truths that you learned this week when you go down this hill tomorrow. And tomorrow you're going to be asked this question, how is camp, right? And what are you going to say? Good. It was good. It was awesome. It was amazing. You're going to say these things. You're going to, and I, I want to challenge you guys. Will you answer with just good or, or will you answer with, I am exhausted. I am so tired. I could take a nap for days. But could I tell you what I learned about God this week? What if you did that? If your when your parents ask how the week was, when your friends ask how the week was, it is so easy for us to just say, it was good, and keep going on our way. But what would it look like for you guys to actually say, I'm so tired, it was so much fun, so many things happened, but can I tell you what God taught me this week? Or can I tell you what I learned about in the Bible this week? And I want to challenge you guys to do that. And in order for us to best remember what we learned this week, we have one more thing, one more last thing for the end of camp. And this time that we're about to go into is called Victory Circle. And it is time for you guys to stand up and share the victories that God has done in your life this week by thanking him. 
And the prompt that we're going to give you guys this week is thank you, God, for blank. And you guys fill in the blank. Thank you, God, for forgiveness. Thank you, God, for friendship, for community. Thank you for teaching me more about your word. Thank you for helping me learn how to worship you more. Thank you for letting me give you my attention more. What did God teach you this week? And what are you thankful for? And what is that one thing that you want to remember as a result of this week at camp? And so in just a few moments, you're going to head out the chapel doors. You're going to walk across the bridge to the fire pit on the hillside over there. And when you guys walk over there, I'm going to ask that you walk in a discipline of silence. I believe that you guys can do this. And just as we walk in a discipline in silence, I want you guys to think about what God taught you this week. And to give your attention to him. Just as you walk through his creation, you could see the stars in the sky as you walk over there. I want you guys to give your attention to him and just be and just process what he's done for you guys this week. So as you guys head out, walk out in a discipline of silence, we'll see you guys at Victory Circle. Half by Pivos come up here to the front. At this time, you guys are dismissed in a discipline of silence, please. <laughs>